So this is Podcast the Pod About Cats. I am your host, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and with me in the living room today uh, is... Oh, I forgot to ask for your credits, so I'll just say the one and only Sarah Gar. Sarah That's Gar. me! Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming to my living room. Thank you. It was very conveniently located to my work. It worked out well for everybody. Yeah, it's a kind of a living room foyer kitchen dining room combo it's really it's a it's a it's a communal space yeah because there's uh, there's i can see a spice rack i can also see a bathtub Mm -hmm. uh your dishwasher seems to be sponsored by christina aguilera Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool the other side is clean by hillary duff oh okay for when oh that's a good oh that's cute dirty by christina aguilera clean by hillary duff wow i think i'm clever that's good (laughs) There are, and for both of those, you had a lot of options that you could have gone with. Clean by Taylor Swift, oh, uh, Dirty Paws by Of Monsters and Men. You had oh, a yeah. lot of options. I really did. Those were just the first ones that came to mind. People love singing about being either dirty or clean. <laughs> and that is my great thesis statement about music. Oh, wow. Every song is about either being dirty or about being clean. I'll look for it on Google Scholar later. Yes, exactly. On my Rap Genius page for every (laughs) song ever written. Um, This is the new podcast within a podcast, Clean or Dirty, (laughs) where we will go song by song through the Great American Songbook and decide what is clean and Mm -hmm. what is dirty. Uh, Do you want to play? We're going to do a rapid fire lightning round right now and we will decide (laughs) if songs are clean (laughs) or dirty. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. So first song... I could have danced all night from My Fair Lady. Oh, clean. Clean. That's a she clean song. She is just like waltzing. It's that beautiful soprano. Literally clean. She is. She's literally yeah. cleaned up her act a lot. Yeah. Uh, completely changed accents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're Audrey Hepburn, who knows what your accent was in the first place? Yeah, because it ain't you. It ain't you. <laughs> and it might be British. I don't um, know. Where's Julie? I ask myself that all the time. Where's Julie? Uh, Brave by Sarah Bareilles. Clean or dirty? Oh. <sighs> clean. It's a cl- it's clean. Yeah, she's just like very pure. <laughs> sure. It's also the voice. It's so pure. <laughs> just a pure, beautiful singing voice. And we will uh, get to it as spoilers for this episode. You've surely seen it in the title. This is not an episode where we're going to talk a lot about cats. Why? Uh, but we are probably going to talk a lot about Sarah Bareilles, one of our great American songwriters. Um, yeah, she's got a very clean image. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of dirt on Sarah Bareilles. Mm-hmm. Not to my knowledge. Um, honestly, I was, uh, not a big Sarah Bareilles fan, and then I saw Waitress, and I'm like, wait, she's the best thing ever. (laughs) Hold on. Just a minute. minute. Did you see Sarah Bareilles in Waitress at any point? Twice. Twice! And I'm hoping for a third time, because I want to go on the closing. Is she coming back again again? We don't know, but come on. Come on! (laughs) She's gotta come back again again. Yeah. I mean, it's... Oh, God, I love this show. She she loves it. I love it. Everyone should love it. All right. We'll close out this round of Cleaner Dirty. Okay. Um, All right. Ooh, I I can only think of Gimme's Toxic by Britney Spears. That's dirty. That's dirty. That's on dirty. (laughs) Oh, man. I really, honestly, about two weeks ago, I went on a binge of just watching uh, early Britney music videos on YouTube. The best kind of (laughs) Britney or music video. Uh fun time. Also, we forgot about Me Against the Music featuring Madonna. 
that music video is wild. We definitely <laughs> forgot about it. I feel like we as a culture have also forgotten that, like, three-way kiss on stage yep. at, like, the Grammys? Uh, VH1, movie, music, something. I don't know. I the think VH1, it was on TV. One of the... There are 19 music award shows every year. Um, yeah. And I, I never know which one. That's which. where the binging started, because we watched that. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And once you watch that, once you pop, the <laughs> fun it, don't stop. Then it's just autoplay YouTube. <laughs> you just let it happen, and you can't fight it, and then three minutes later, another one happens. Yeah, it was a great night. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, now that we're done with Clean or Dirty, for now. Okay. Um, I gotta ask the, the, the question that we always ask at the top of the show. What is mm-hmm. your relationship, if any... To the Broadway musical Cats. Hostile. (laughs) (laughs) An antagonistic relationship with Cats. Yeah, I have never seen it. Okay. I, uh, well, the thing is, is when it was on Broadway, um, it perhaps could be relatively close to where I spend a lot of time, my home, and... You lived on a, on a stage, or I, I cannot pick up on, on your very coded hints. Yes, um, but I would walk by it every single day. That's that theater. Um, not the Winter Garden, but the one where it was at in the revival. What time period is this? 20... When did that close? Share Show opened in like 2018. Okay. So I think it closed in 2018. So okay. about like 2016 to 2017. Uh-huh. I moved here the year before. Yeah. Um, so I walked by that theater and I was like, I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see it. Wow. What was it that so turned you away from Cats? There's no good origin story. You know, sometimes you just like decide like, that's not for me. Absolutely. So like in... In college, I used to do a musical theater club, and I, and, like, one of my good friends loves the musical, and everyone knows it and, like, talked about it, and I was like, I want nothing to do with this. (laughs) I have no good reason. Um, I will be seeing the movie. A hundred (laughs) percent. Everyone will. And the worst part is, everyone, you're going to hate this, but it will be my first time seeing Cats. That's fine. (laughs) Cats in any form, not the VHS tape, not nothing. I was almost coerced into watching the VHS tape in college. We were having a Yule Log party. Uh Uh-huh. And my friends were like, we're going to start watching Cats. And I said, try me, and I fell asleep. (laughs) Uh, a bold stance to take with cats. So it got you out of watching cats. Please, I'll sleep through any movie. Damn, really? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was just uh, called out publicly for falling asleep during two different Star Wars movies, so I get it. I understand. <laughs> we pick our battles. And sometimes I get very tired. I am keeping a running list of movies where I fell asleep during them, but I consider that a compliment. That the movie was so nice and Mm. so simple and so easy and warm Mm. and comfy that you have no choice but to fall asleep Mm. um and that is not a degradation against the movie it i (laughs) thank it so much for those extra hours of sleep thank you uh christopher robin starring you and mcgregor oh snooze fest 10 out of 10 Perfect marks for that okay. pleasant little sleepy movie Great. that put me right out. Good. Uh, Waking Ned Divine is the ultimate version of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, popped right out during that. It's uh, I hear it's great. 20th Century Women 
Uh, Ooh, I did see that. I hear it's fantastic. I have only seen it starting at like 12.30 a.m. while uh-huh. filming a feature film, so everyone's exhausted. Five minutes I was out. Again, 10 out of 10, a beautiful film. Thank you, 20th Century <laughs> You know, I saw the whole thing, and I can't tell you much about it. <laughs> it was Don't they like just kind of ago. hang out? Don't yeah. they just, like, exist? It's, just, I, it's a beautiful story of the relationship between women. Yeah, it was great. It was <laughs> nice. It was pleasant. And I got some much-needed sleep during it. And you know what? I could have gotten sleep. <laughs> yeah. And again, not a degradation against the phone at all. I'm thankful to the movie for letting me sleep, and that's fine. <laughs> oh, man. So Cats is not your show, is no. what we were able to gather. No. Yeah, which is, you know, great that I'm on this podcast. That's okay. <laughs> we are talking about it culturally. I mean, thank you for doing a podcast of a guy that you met five days ago. Excuse I really me. appreciate We it. go way back. We're tight. <laughs> we were born in the same hospital on the same yeah. day. Yeah, we know each other so well. Switched well, at birth. Yeah, well, you know, my agent, Alex Conti, booked me for this gig. Yeah, I, I <laughs> two people got booked for this gig that one night when I went to go see that show. <laughs> Not by the people and I didn't Kevin, ask. Kevin, what was, was that show? It was volunteered upon me. Well, that was, of course... The Gara Kantai International Film Festival. Oh, I hear that's fun. Eighth annual? Yes! Okay. Very good. It was my first, but it was the eighth annual. Um, Mm -hmm. An incredibly fun show that happens every month at the Pit Loft. Yeah, we're working on our 2020 schedule right now, and we got our one year anniversary coming up in February. That's exciting. It's fun. It's so fun. It's a great show. Uh, Kantai puts on a hell of a show. She sucks. We hate her. Enemy of the pod, Alex Conte. Oh, man, what is it? Like an enemy of the litter? Is that you, for the, your cats? Like enemy of the litter? Is that what you call Oh, the, I see. The Anyone friends? that has um, disgraced um, the cats has gone again. I am not. <gasps> She's in the litter box. Oh, that's very good. Thank you. That's where we're going to dump anybody that dare besmirch the name of cats. Now, I am not a cats super fan, nor mm-hmm. am I doing the show to dunk on cats. The mm-hmm. musical. I find it so fascinating. And mm-hmm. how... And it truly was the movie that spurred this on. That that trailer dropped and the world was enraptured in a way that I've, I've rarely seen us all come together to be mystified <laughs> by one thing at one time. Not since the dress. You know, what color was it? Have uh. we all come together in one united front over something baffling and silly? And I think that that truly is special because if it you need to bring a certain uh, what the french call i don't know what to the uh, table mm-hmm. to to unite everyone everyone was talking about these cats mm-hmm. everyone has seen that trailer mm-hmm. people that have never seen a live musical people mm-hmm. that would have no interest in any other movie musical this is like what nbc wanted to do with the live musicals but then cats did it cats <laughs> did it well the problem with the nbc live musicals oh. is that they weren't very good yeah <laughs> they did rocky horror but they well that was fox but they like yeah, they neutered rocky horror mm-hmm. they i tried to watch grease live Woof. And well, again, that, of, that was Fox too. That was Fox. Yeah, uh, Vanessa NBC, Hudgens. Okay. NBC was um, uh, the Sound of Music, which oh god, 
is one of my favorites. I was, I've been in The Sound of Music. Mm, it's just, ugh, classic. If you come to the next Gar and Conti Short Film Festival, you might hear one of the songs oh, on our playlist. Go third. Uh, and then it was Peter Pan, which was a train wreck. Oh, God. Um, yeah, that, that the Christopher Walken is a mm-hmm. Captain Hook. But Christian Borle had a sleeveless shirt on, and even though he's problematic as hell, nobody was mad. <laughs> Um, and then they did, oh, didn't, they did a, um, 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 um. Oh, that's my favorite musical. Um, uh, um, Amber um, Riley um. was in it. <laughs> oh, nope. Um, the Wiz? Yes. Ah, ha, ha. We figured They it did out. The Wiz and that one was good. Okay. I believe you. Well, The Wiz yeah. is a good show. Yeah. Um, I know nothing about Peter Pan the musical. The Sound of Music is a good show. Like, I've been in The Sound of Music. It's the a solid good. show. The show itself is. Eh, eh, the, yeah. the movie is good. I was just reading about the movie today mm-hmm. um, and how, like, Movie musicals had existed for as long as, like, sound had been in movies. Like, it was pretty consistent. And then, somehow, in 1964, Mm -hmm. three movie musicals come out and become the three highest grossing movies of all time. The biggest grocers in the history of each of their movie studios. It was My Fair Lady, the aforementioned My Fair Lady. It was Mm -hmm. uh, The Sound of Music, Julie Andrews, of Mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. And it was Mary Poppins. And those three movies come out and fucking destroy. Like, uh, My Fair Lady out, or no, Sound of Music outgrosses Gone with the Wind. The movie (laughs) that is known for making a lot of money. It's unbelievable. And I, I, it's such a a fascinating moment because I'm always interested in like, why does this thing hit as Mm -hmm. big as it does in this time? And the Cats trailer is the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. why, when this came out in the summer of 2019, did it fully capture all of our strange imaginations? (laughs) (laughs) You know, to be honest, I never quite thought of it that way. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's, but, oh, My Fair Lady, talking about movies that make you fall asleep. I watched that three times and fell asleep every time. (laughs) It's, It's so good for that. I mean... I don't want to disparage a, a genre, but musicals of that era are fucking great for that. Mm. And then some lovely, so, you know, Edelweiss will come on and you're just out and it's not a detriment to the movie. It's not a knock against mm. it. You're just like, wow, this is three hours long. <laughs> if I'm watching The Sound of Music, it's probably cold outside and yeah. I've just had a warm mm-hmm. bev. And I am asleep, and it's beautiful. <laughs> so, if you don't like cats, if cats isn't like your your ride or die, what is your yeah. what are what is your favorite musical or selection? Okay, that's tough. I I mean I am incredibly uh, basic in this regard, but no, I, I was I was a Hamilton guy for a year. Straight. That's not basic. A that's a good hard, show. It's a good fucking show. Yeah, and I know that it exploded, and I know it became this whole thing. But man, that's a good fucking show. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but that soundtrack was on an endless loop for a year. Oh, where I listened not- to it in its entirety. Do you have the, once a week for a year? Do you have the Hamilton app that you enter the lottery every day? Because if you play it for like two years, you win. That's like the odds. Oh, I've done. I've done. Great. <laughs> Hypothetically, that's why I've never seen Hamilton. It's yeah, because they're I like, the well, lottery. you can get like lottery tickets, and I'm like, I don't have time to s- sit around and 
maybe go see a show. You know what it I mean? Is, it is part of the routine. You get it on Monday. You enter Hades Town for the entire week. You enter for Moulin Rouge for the entire week. You get your notification for Hamilton. You click yes, please. And then you start your work day. What is that? That's on an app? Yeah, there's a Hamilton app. But, um, okay, but you just mentioned, like, Hades... Now I'm... This oh, is sorry, something this I've is a, done. This is a routine to how they is enter the lotteries. Is there an app for each one? No, it's Lucky Seat or uh, Broadway Direct or Hamilton has its own app because Hamilton Well, yeah, because Hamilton. it's Hamilton. Oh, see, you were being so good about uh, smothering your phone's <gasps> notification sounds, and then I get an Instagram message notification that just says, Daddy! So... Oh, well, my... Uh, <laughs> I I so kindly shoved my phone onto my ass uh, because I kept... Took one for the fucking I'm team. I'm so popular. Oh, it's just my improv group. That makes me even cooler. You're blowing the fuck up. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I will be honest and say the only Broadway show that I've seen is the one we're about to talk about today. <gasps> um, am I one and only? I would like to really? go see more. I just haven't but starting mm-hmm. next month i want to like try and see a show a month i live yes. where theater lives um so i want i've only really seen like beyond fucking improv and sketch i've seen mm-hmm. one play and one musical and that feels disgraceful for having been here for two years though i am mm-hmm. for the first time financially stable and that that, <laughs> that was a big part of it incredibly fair i uh patreon.com slash tv's kevin <laughs> you you don't it's not intuitive somebody has to like tell you how to get the deals how to get the cheaper tickets yeah there are so many little tips and tricks which we will uh discuss in length at some point i, I will be texting you everyone. about tips and tricks <laughs> but um having lived in house kitchen for four and a half years within walking distance to all the theaters of everything i now have a shelf of playbills that is just about to be two shelves. <laughs> I meant to bring my waitress playbill just to be able to say, like, mm-hmm. oh, here's who played this part when I saw it. And I completely fucking forgot. So, it's okay. It's that right, is my It's failure. right here. And uh, for podcast speak, I'm pointing to my big old noggin. Yeah, the brain. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and I, I, circling back around to this question. So if Cats sure. is not your show, what is your show? Who are your guys? So here's the thing. Um, I get asked what my favorite musical is pretty frequently because I love musicals and talk about them a lot, but... You don't have to pick one. I have tears. Sure. Um, if anyone watches Mindy Project, she's like, best friend is a tear. And I feel that way about musicals. So, because you have different attachments to them. Top tier, you have Once the Musical. Okay. Also based on a movie. But phenomenal. Saw that uh, twice and it's like... A, a little huge. scene movie. Oh, it's so good, though. It's a, it is a really good movie, but I the the musicals that we're talking about are based on movies that I don't think are widely seen. Not in the same way that, like, a Beetlejuice mm-hmm. has been widely seen. True. Well, but continue. Ask me about Beetlejuice uh, after Halloween when I see it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, an American in Paris. Okay. I saw that. It's so... There's an 18 minutes ballet sequence, and I cried the whole time. <sighs> I know. That's, that's tough. That's a long ballet sequence. Here's the thing is, like, I cry at every single musical I see. And if I don't cry, it's probably not a good show. Because <laughs> I, again, I've seen many, many musicals. <laughs> and I can count on one hand the number of shows I haven't cried in. Wow. 
uh, I would say then, um, uh, what would be, what would also be there? Oh, Kinky Boots. I fucking loved Kinky Boots. Okay. It's so good. Is that the one that Wayne Brady did a stint in? Yes. Okay. He did it for a second. Um, we love Wayne Brady. But, uh, uh, then, I mean, I'm Hamilton too. I loved it. I mean, it's really fucking good. It's like one of the only shows that left me legitimately speechless. Like, I left... I couldn't talk. I went with a friend at the time who, like, won the lottery and brought me with her. And we were walking out, and I was just like, I couldn't say anything. And then I got to the corner, and the first thing I say is, when his son ran up the steps. <laughs> like, the most innocuous part of the show. Oh, his son? It was just, like, I was crying. When I they was threw all speechless. the papers in the air. Uh, but then, the real reason we're here, obviously, waitress. Fantastic. I, a great show. I have seen it five times. I'm going to try to see it before it closes. I never thought I'd be that person to see a show like over and over and over again. Um, if but, it speaks to you, it speaks to you. Yeah, because then at the same time, I'm like, if anyone was in town, I was like, oh, you're going to love this. You specifically, this friend, should come see this. Yeah. Um, and then I have another friend in town, and I was like, Mom, you have to see this. So that's three. I saw it once because I wanted to. And then the last time I saw it, I had to see Jeremy Jordan. I got stuck with the stunt casting. It was Jeremy Jordan and Shoshana Bean, who also, Shoshana was chef's kiss. So good. <laughs> um, but I mean, I can't pick a favorite, Jenna. But I mean, because Sarah, uh, uh, I, I just love, honestly, the bad idea of reprise is one of the times I've laughed the absolute hardest at a show. And you can tell that women are in charge of this show. Like, it's the first all-female creative team that's ever been on Broadway, which, first of all... What? Yes! What the fuck? Because they don't like women to do, I don't know, anything. It's this mystifying aspect to musical theater. Yeah. Uh, And theater in general. Is that most of the theater-going populace is women... And or gay men. And I don't feel like I'm breaking any boundaries by saying that. Um, and yet, most of the parts, most of the the actors, most of the behind-the-scenes composers, straight men. Just a, replete with straight men. Yeah, and it what, is mystifying. That's what we just call, like, the generalized patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even in my own field, I work in the art world, it's totally male dominated yet i went to school with mostly women i have i had mentors that were like lower level managers that were women this is a this is a whole other issue but um the fact like i think it's funny like as we were discussing off off the pod um you are partial <laughs> to the sarah Bareilles soundtrack and i like the jesse mueller one but Sarah Bareilles recorded that because she didn't think the musical was actually going to happen. So she's like, well, these are my songs. Fuck it. I'm going to put it out there. Right. I mean, she puts it out there and it's my favorite Sarah Bareilles album. Like, it's, yeah. it's so <laughs> musically good. It's everything that she's always been working with. It's all of the tools she's ever used, but used the best she's ever done them. Every song is catchy and good and and speaks to some different cool idea musically and lyrically 
like infinite <laughs> chef's kiss to what's inside the the album for anybody that doesn't know where Sarah Bareilles just sings all the songs from Waitress herself uh, with a small cameo from Jason Mraz. Okay. <laughs> uh, she oh. drudged him up out of the depths. <laughs> she was in a bog somewhere and he, pulled Jason Mraz up by his little hat and was like, played, you want to record an album, buddy? But he played Pomodoro for like a month or two. Who? Dr. Pomodoro. Oh, the doctor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just love when she goes, I have perseverance to between a cat and her new best friend, me. Oh, she's so cute. Um, and that is, and okay, so this whole episode is going to be about Waitress. Waitress is the Surprise! idea that we are talking about. Um, this is where I just say, like, fuck it, we're not really talking about cats this week. Um, and we're just going to talk about Waitress, which is a great show. Um, the last time we did a non-cats thing, it was Starlight Express, another ALW production. Mm. And that was our excuse. This time, fuck it, we're just talking about Waitress. Yeah. Uh, the only Broadway musical I've ever seen. Though I will now see more. I almost saw Bad yeah. Out of Hell, but it was sold out. Uh, and uh, King Kong left after like a week. No, so you had a good while. That puppet, though. A month at least. I mean, the puppet is fucking... It's like when you see Little... I mean, Little Shop is good for other reasons. Um, I just saw Little Shop uh, with oh. Jonathan Groff um, ah! on the West Side, and it was amazing. Did you see it with Alex? Because Alex and I were like messaging about that. Of course of we course. did. Okay. <laughs> It was so good. Yeah. I need to see it again. I, uh, okay, sorry, but we were talking about Waitress. No, it's okay. But, like, the, 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 the King Kong puppet is one of those things that is just majestic to behold. And it, the musical not really being all that great according to, like, most popular consensus, though opinions may vary, sure. almost doesn't matter when that puppet's out there. Because to <laughs> behold something like that mm -hmm. live and see it in action, like a really good Audrey 2, is something that is you cannot replicate in another medium. It's the immediacy of it that mm -hmm. you're watching this thing in action. Like when yeah. I saw, I, I went to the Museum of the Moving Image and they have a huge Jim Henson section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all I've the fucking it. Sesame Streets and all the Muppets. Magical. And it is, I could not have been prepared for how, like, profoundly moved I was yeah. just seeing Big Bird and the scale of Big Bird and and this this thing that I grew up with my entire life. Yeah. And it's there, and it's huge, mm -hmm. and you can see, like, how it was operated and just, just this, this corporeal, physical thing... There's something to that. Yeah, I mean, the way you feel about that Jim Henson's is how I feel before I'm about to see a musical every time. Shit. Like, I grew up loving musicals and not realizing that, like, other people did too. I grew mm -hmm. up in central Pennsylvania, and, like, my friends knew of them, but it wasn't, like, a, a big thing that we all shared. And I just always listened to soundtracks. If I was given any chance to, like, pick what we do, we would go to New York and see a Broadway show, which we do, like, maybe once every other year. Um, and then when I got to college, I was just on a whim, having never been on stage before, decided, I was like, I'm going to audition for this musical theater club. Um, and it was the best decision I ever made, because I made all, all of my friends from college there, for the most part, and, you know, performed. And then I was like, wait, this musical theater thing's, like, very cool. <laughs> 
And uh, that's how I met my, one of my current roommates. Uh, and I, that's how I have my connections here in New York still, are all those people that I did these silly little shows with because none of us were, well, not all, well, about like half of us were theater majors. And uh, we, we all just loved musicals and wanted to do them, but had, like, my friends from there, one is now doing his residency, another one's just finished law school, like, my uh, gremlin roommate, she's working for Amazon, like, we all have different interests, but it, it, at the end of the day, like, we all loved the musicals. Yeah, so her roommate is scampering around the apartment and then is a gremlin from the movie Gremlins. Yeah, that's her thing. She's spooky. <laughs> um, but when I, so when I saw... Waitress. I didn't really know what to... Ex- I, I go into musicals totally blind. I never listened to the soundtrack beforehand, which is how I didn't listen to the Hamilton soundtrack for two fucking years. That's impressive. I knew... I was living in St. Louis at the time, so I was uh, like, I am never going to be able to see this fucking show. Fair. So I'm just going to listen to it. And it's a sing-through. So yeah. you're yeah, yeah, missing yeah. the visual element, but you're not missing any story, which is why True. I don't really listen to Broadway musicals I haven't seen same. Because I never know what the fuck they're singing exactly. about. Exactly. What happened? I need to, like, replay it in my mind, like, while I'm listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. So I went in to see Waitress. It was when it first... I think I saw it in previews, so it would have been, like, 2016. Um, I saw it, and there was just something about that show that shook me to my core, and I just loved it, and I was in a place where I wanted to desperately desperately wanted to quit my job and I had found out like two days prior that they were going to be like cutting my hours for this job that I wanted to quit and I said that's it I quit once they cut well they're going to do it in like a month it's complicated but anyways I was just like at a loss because I study art history and was had no creative outlet and my roommate at the time was working for this like fancy Upper East Side children's party place (laughs) and both their bakers quit and she just comes to me. She's like, Sarah, how do you feel about baking cakes for, like, a children's party? And Sarah, I was like, do you know the ingredients to pie? Sugar, butter, flour! <laughs> ah! How did she know? <laughs> so I have always grown up baking and loved baking. And uh, I saw this. She asked me this two days after seeing the musical. And I was like, I'm going to do it. So I, that summer, while I was still working this horrible job, I had an inadvertent professional cake business in this this apartment that you're seeing right now which as you can tell um has one counter and at the time i didn't have this couch i didn't have that ac unit and i also didn't have that or any supplies uh and i and for for the listeners who don't have a good Mm -hmm. visual of this apartment when she says one counter she means three square feet of counter space yeah there's like tea kettle a coffee maker two wine glasses and a toaster currently on that counter as and well even the the little island uh yeah. that that has been uh placed here again two square feet of counter space yes. i love manhattan uh living in the city of dreams <laughs> yeah but no i <laughs> And while I would bake, I would listen to the waitress soundtrack on loop. Like the fir- the tester cake that I made, um, I listened to the waitress soundtrack about seven times. Sang along. It was like therapeutic. It was very like... Blueberry bacon pie. <laughs> the day starts like the rest we've seen. Uh, but it was just like, it was such a f- creative outlet for me at the time to be baking these cakes. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'd never made a layered cake. I'd never used fondant. 
I never really, like, I was just doing it for family and friends. And then that summer, I just <laughs> signed up a cake business <laughs> and made up for these children's parties while I was working. And then eventually I found a new job and the baking thing just kind of, like, fell off because it was incredibly impractical <laughs> to maintain. Does It just, I, it, your, your living situation doesn't seem structured in a way that you could make <sighs> that work Weird. in the same way that I could not host ping pong tournaments in my apartment. It's just not mm-hmm. structurally sound. Yeah. Yeah, now I just bake for fun. <laughs> yeah. But and, you, and you're channeling Jesse. You're, you're channeling. Yeah. And uh, suddenly, you know, whatever you're wearing turns into a blue long mm-hmm. sleeve shirt. I'm sorry. Do you see that blue apron over there? A. Oh, my God. <laughs> not a box of blue apron goods. We do not mention blue apron on the pod. They are not a sponsor, but Yet. a physical blue apron but they could but they, they could i mean like hey if you wanted to just throwing it out there literally anyone who wants Speaking to give me existence. money if you are not a, a business built on hate i'll take <laughs> your money for literally anything uh, as long as i don't consider it like harmful mm-hmm. to humanity yeah harm uh, business built on hate i think you have about five options <laughs> Well, uh, as long as you specifically don't want me to endorse racism, uh, I'll do whatever. Go for it. <laughs> Pay me money or patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Wow. Uh, and that Ooh, is, listen, I gotta, I gotta get it in where I can because on a lot of these episodes, I forget to say it. <laughs> so, and also it's annoying and, you know, most people are not going to be able to give to that kind of thing or will choose not to give to that kind of thing. And it just kind of, it would weigh down the pod if I talk. Mm-hmm. All these shows, because I listen to fucking podcasts all day long at work. And Same. so many of them are just like, all right, I got to slog through this ad. It's forever mm-hmm. fucking long. Like, let's cruise through mm-hmm. it. And then like, oh, okay, I'll come back. And, I'll, you know, I, I'm a patron to a couple pods myself. I like to support them work okay. uh, but That's i'm great. also not made of money or also be subscribed to more oh uh, wow unrelatable i definitely am i'm fucking <laughs> rolling in I'm so comfortable like two roommates in manhattan yeah uh, <laughs> i have fucking three roommates in yeah. brooklyn so like you know we are we are the same you and yeah that. listen one of my roommates is my brother <laughs> take it when you can get it all right so we are 30 or so minutes into this show. Mm-hmm. What say, and we're not going to go through every song and waitress song by song, but I do think, and you um, can agree or disagree, this has one of the best opening numbers in God knows how long. Just in, I've seen a, a decent number of like Broadway opening numbers. I like to like, mm-hmm. what is the first song of your musical? How well does it either bring us into a world or a character or set us up for like the tone that we're about to get? So uh, a a great opening number is like the producers. Where it's like, here's the right tone. Stop. Here's the right energy. Oh, it's, I forgot that's also on my list. The producers oh, is six top tier. Oh. Yeah, the producers <sighs> is one of the best fucking musicals. Um, oh, it is so it. funny and so well done. Um, another one based on a movie, and it follows the movie unbelievably closely. Yeah. Um, but again, another one based, and it just it's so good. The music is so good. The dialogue is so funny. 
And what a great opening number. It doesn't really bring mm-hmm. us into any of the characters, but it's like, this is going to be a show about making shows. Here's yeah. the energy, the comedic tone. Here are a few jokes. It sounds like you like a lot of opening numbers with the word opening in them. I guess <laughs> so. Uh, but the producers is opening night, waitress is opening up. and uh, But an example of a bad <laughs> opening number, I feel, mm-hmm. is Dear Evan Hansen. Where Oh, I didn't yeah, it's a little weird. It's like it should just be waving through a window. I mean, yeah, it's like it's called Does Anybody Have a Map? And it's three moms singing about being a mom. Mm-hmm. But the moms are not important characters in the show. Ooh, it not, doesn't mm, introduce Evan's, mom is, Evan's mom's okay. very important. Okay. But the That's she is not number. she is not the central character of Dear yes, Evan Hansen. Sure. Um in I, I, it, it's not a bad song. It's a weird first song. I skip it when I listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, it's not a bad piece of yeah. music on its own. It's a very strange listen, first song. Anyone listening to Dear Evan Hansen skips Does Anyone Have a Map and To Break in a Glove. It's just fact. The it's, opening numbers of both acts. <laughs> it's, it's just the way it is. Um, and there are some legendarily bad, uh, first song of Act Twos. Uh, I am looking at you, Carousel! <laughs> that was a real nice clam. <laughs> what a way, you know, your audience has just had a break for 15 minutes, they've had a pee, they're out of the narrative, you gotta do something to get the energy back up, to get us back invested in the story, and you have a lackadaisical song about people that are too full from eating clams. But can, like talk about relatability am i right i mean yeah i've been there i guess not with clams but i've been there i guess but also carousel is like a pro spousal abuse musical so like let's not use carousel as our bar for anything (laughs) it is uh shall we say dated but this is one of the best opening numbers okay. ever and this is the sarah burrell's version this is not the soundtrack that's fine version. we might go to the soundtrack later. Sugar. Haunting, beautiful, Sugar. chills, shivers Sugar. in the theater. Sugar. Butterfly. Sugar. Butterfly. Sugar. Butterfly. Sugar. Butterfly. Sugar. Butterfly. Sugar. And then the hand becomes a hand. And then the hand becomes a hand. She's adding the sugar. I need to know what their baking budget is. Oh, unbelievable. But if you're the grocery store next door to where waitress is playing. <laughs> business every day eight times a week they need flowers i am this i am dead and this song has rebirthed me we both just sunken into the couch I normally, when we're doing cats, I'll stop it like every 30 seconds. Like, let's talk about what just happened. This, no, 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 no. Mm, I am just, uh, just let it's it ready run to through drop. my fucking veins. Wait for it. Here comes the drop. Yeah! <laughs> this is such good Sarah Barella shit. Lyric different from the OBC. Oh, what is it? Day starts like the rest we've seen. Another carbon copy of an old routine. 
days. Oh, a car- carbon copy. So she says a carbon copy of where I've already been. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering. Maybe there's some uh, revision lyrics that she kept. They are like they a little... Because also there's door number three on that album, which is not on the OBC. Original Broadway cast. Really? Yeah, door number three isn't in it. What? They put in um What Baking Can Do instead, which honestly... Yeah, and that does not make the cut on here. I love what baking can do. Going back to when I would cook, that's the one bake in my kitchen. That's the one I would belt with my in my ninety degree apartment, all Ooh. the windows open. Um, it glorious, so negative. Well. There are uh, a, a a number of songs it seems that do not translate over to the Sarah Bareilles version. Yeah, yeah, she just um, did a handful. I mean, but also there's like fucking twenty five songs on the OBC. Yeah. Um, who is uh, who is that on the OBC? Jesse Mueller. Jesse Mueller. She is so her voice. There's huh, just such a, a, a total quality to it that just hits you in your gut when she sings. She used to be mine. That Whew. loud note. Whew. I every time I've seen the show, I've cried. That's a the fucking tearjerker. I remember one. hearing everyone sniffling when that it's, song happened. Oh. And I saw Sarah in it. And that and that Which is, is just also, a religious experience. Yeah, I mean, for her, like, she is able to play with the notes a little bit more because, you know, she wrote it. Yeah. And, and also, she's Sarah Yeah. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. But... I remember when I first saw Sarah Bareilles, because I saw Jesse Miller twice, mm-hmm. and then I saw Sarah Bareilles twice, <laughs> and I was so attached to Jesse Miller because she is one of my absolute favorite people of, like, the Broadway world. She originated the part. Ah, she did. And, um, and I li- just, like, I had her version of it in my head, and I was like, I don't even know if Sarah Bareilles can act. And she can, spoilers. Yeah, spoiler. The thing is, is they both do it in such a different way that they're both, like, you can't compare them. They're just different, yeah. and they're both at that enormously high caliber of performance. We will, we'll hop, we'll hop back and forth uh, between the two, depending okay. on what song we want to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, anyway. Oh. To do. We've got too much to do, too much to do. Opening up, letting the day in. Boy, you would come and say, hello, how you been looking around? Wow, I bet people love just listening to us sing along to Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I mean, that, I don't, I don't know what you think this show is. <laughs> There's this. Here's the thing. I always will be like... All right, we're not going to... We won't do the whole song. I was like, I, I won't sing along. I won't. I won't do it. Impossible. Um, can't so be done. I was like, going down the fucking sidewalk on the way here, mm-hmm, just like... Mm-hmm. I can't not do it. I was watching a move... I was watching the producers with... Um, uh, the film or the show? The, the, the film. Okay. Um, Matthew with, Broderick. Nathan yes. Lane. Ooh, Will Ferrell. Those panty Uma droppers. Thurman. Uh, yeah, that's enough. Uh, Roger Burt. Uh, <gasps> I'm out. Yeah. Mel Brooks. Hey! A voice cameo. Um, and 
<laughs> John Lovitz. All right, I'm done. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I am a certified public accountant. <laughs> I, oh, man. But anyway, so... Uh, Send me. I was at um, Alex and Sarah's apartment, and Sarah, SJL, the very one, um, uh-huh. and... Sarah Jane LeFabe, who uh, was in the background of the Conti episode. Yes. For Cats listeners, Alex Conti, friend of the pod. Sweet, sweet. Enemy of the cats, friend of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> and then Lauren Barron, who is now in France, like a crazy person. Mon Dieu. Ugh, I know. Just say. Merde. Ugh. But anyways, so they had never seen it. So we're like, okay, let's let's watch it. And we're like, we promise we won't sing along. Cannot be done. Um, we got... Mm, 30 seconds into opening night and sang every single song the whole the entire movie. <laughs> Which is, and I mean no offense to you, the worst way to watch a musical is with someone uh-huh. who is fucking singing along the entire time. Oh, I'm aware. I just showed uh, my girlfriend Dr. Horrible's sing-along vlog <gasps> for the first time, which oh I have God. seen 30,000 times. Where was she in high school? I know. <laughs> like, where were you when I was buying that DVD from Hot Topic? Yes! That is, in truth, my favorite musical of all time. Dr. Really? Horrible sing-along did you, Now, did you watch it, like, as it was airing? Uh, yes, and then I picked up the old DVD, and there was a period of my life where... Um, I was, it was over the summer and I was working at McDonald's and going to high school full time. Well, it was the summer. So all I did when I came home is I would watch Dr. Horrible Singling Blood all 45 minutes. And Mm -hmm. then there is a, on the DVD, there is a musical commentary where the (gasps) cast and crew wrote a full length musical that is just the commentary and it perfectly syncs up to what's on screen they're singing about like exactly what you're seeing they are as intricate and funny and densely layered songs as i've ever heard and it is buried on the fucking dvd for dr horrible sing-along block my jaws truly was dropped i've never even known this how are we not friends in high school where did you grow up me uh, Warrenton, Missouri, a town of 5,000 in, uh, about an hour outside of St. Louis. Okay, so, so that was a little was far. Yeah, it was, a, it was quite a distance. Wow. But Dr. Orville, my number one favorite musical of all time. Any medium. That was one of those musicals that I, I remember, I, my friend in high school, I was able to get into. Like, it was one of those really accessible, very funny, because it's also short. 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, short, Chris, quick. in and out. Um, even to this day, uh, when we're both doing laundry at the laundromat, we'll send a picture that just says, laundry day, see you there. Because <laughs> we can't let it go. I can never let it go. Um, the most, uh, Neil Patrick Harris at his finest, Nathan Fillion at his finest, fucking hysterical but like, as Captain Hammer. But like, at his finest. Oh, oh, he was, he's a slice in Dr. Yeah. Horrible Singlon Bob. Because oh. that is... Oh, baby. Oh, we, I mean, there's Captain no Hannah bad Man. era of Nathan what? Fillion, but that's like his beefcake era. Because mm. he starts out pretty scrawny in like Firefly. Sure. And he's like a handsome Han Solo type. Uh-huh. And then he beefs up mm-hmm. around 08, around Dr. Horrible. And then now he is daddy. Now he's like a big... Mm. He's he's not overweight. He's just a fifty year old man. 
Uh, but Hell he's still yeah. devilishly handsome <laughs> and so, so charming on shows that are good, like Castle and The Rookie, mm. that are like, they're not high class television, but mm. they are super fucking watchable. Mm. And Nathan Fillion is, I mean, he's just, he's your friend's dad that you have a crush on. He's your friend's dad that you are like, I cannot stop myself from being so attracted to you. See, I just have that mem. It's just like, because I haven't seen him in anything since Dr. Horrible, that's that's how I remember him, wow. precisely. Frozen uh, in, yeah. in, in carbonite. Yeah, that's how I feel about... Um, He's... Like, Kirsten Dunst. She forever looks so young. <laughs> Cameron Diaz, also always young. <laughs> uh, Kirsten Dunst is having the greatest moment of her career in the last few years. Just absolute... I mean, she was always killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, lest we forget uh, Dick and uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous and all these, mm-hmm. like... One of my favorite mo- rom-coms. I'm a huge, huge rom-com fan, which will come as a surprise to you. I'm bowled over. No one. Um, Wimbledon. Wimbledon? Is that the... Is that Orlando Bloom? No. No, that's Elizabeth. That's Elizabeth Town. This is, I think, Paul Bettany. And oh it's a God. British guy. What? And it's his first time. He's this um, uh, oh, wild card seed in the Wimbledon tournament. And he's like, this is going to be my last tournament. And then I'm just going to become like a tennis pro because like, I don't, I just, I don't see a future for me. And then uh, Kirsten Dunst comes in as the sporty American who's just like <laughs> super cute. But also ah. just like super killer with tennis and she's so competitive and then they just like happen to meet and i'm not gonna spoil it mm-hmm. but you know antics and you're not gonna so... spoil a 15 year old romantic comedy absolutely not i would never <laughs> uh she is in the only celebrity couple i give a shit about it's her and uh, jesse plemons and i am just deeply invested in their love hmm. i don't know jesse plemons it's they're they're both so nice Okay. And they met doing one That's of my nice. favorite TV shows. And it's just, it's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? I don't know. Waitress. Here's another um, one. Yeah. Oh, this is it. Just imagine Sarah. She's 22 years old. Sweating her ass off. Probably crying. And molding the fondant to change the color. I have a slice of cake in my bedroom with the air conditioning on so it doesn't fall. I'm cutting out little tiny frogs to place on the cake. I don't have anything to do it with, so I use um, a po- um, an index card and a straw. I love this form of narrative that we're going on. <laughs> I love this audio drama. Ooh, the oven timer's gone off. The cake has sunk. Time to make a new batch. <laughs> Okay, this is the third batch, because the second batch also sucks, because you're using the wrong recipe, Sarah. When she means never mind what's underneath it, it's because there was a little bit of a dent, so I had an extra icing, and I covered it in fondant and couldn't even tell. I got paid hundreds for these cakes. Fuck. <laughs> So I, I, um, um, something that we have not done is describe to the audience the the look 
of this production. Because I've been thinking about that. Okay. So, uh, almost everything in this show takes place in a diner. So they have a very, yes. like... Um, Joe's Diner. A very musical theater diner set. Mm-hmm. There's little, like, movable... So this show had the greatest scene transitions I've ever seen live before. Like, there are moments where, like, they're bringing over the diner counter in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and characters are just fucking smoothly, like, walking through that shit. It was breathtaking just watching the scene transition. It's very, like, contemporary dance transition. Like, every move is purposeful. Every back... Like, there isn't a huge chorus. There's probably about, like, three or four people who act as, like, the movements of the, the ingredients or yeah. are There are three eating. or four people, and they are the understudies of the main Yeah, actors. pretty much. And you, <laughs> and also, you can tell because there is one black one. <laughs> and there's also one, the band is in the back. Like oh, they're part yes. Of the, they're also part of the diner because the pies are on the piano. Yeah, there's one an point omnipresent. There's a piano, a drum, and a guitar. Yeah, Do and, they'll, that and they'll like go over and serve them coffee like they are integrated into the set. Really smooth, really like, I mean, forgive me, the magic of theater. <laughs> the magic of the theater, like we're talking theater R-E. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> theater R-E. Uh, if you go to the movies, it's E-R. If yeah. you see a play, it's an R-E. Um, but they, they have this cool, so when you go to Waitress, uh, you can buy and eat tiny pies that come in tiny little glass jars. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're eating baby food. Yeah. And then on two two columns off to the side of the stage are dozens of rotating pies. Yeah. That, that sit there for the entire show. And at one point, somebody fucking takes one out yeah. and it blows your mind. Because <laughs> the <laughs> pies have been there for an hour and someone straight just yeah. pulls a goddamn pie. And you're like, oh! Yeah, because then they're, it's, like, very tactile. It's all part of it. And you also, when you're walking in, they are baking um, a fake pie in ovens around the theater. And it's a very cinnamony smell when you walk mm. in. And I've heard that these pies are absolutely disgusting. Sure. Because um, they're just packed with, like, cinnamon, nutmeg, sugar, all that stuff. Uh, but they want you to feel like you're walking in. So you get this wafting. Yeah. You got all five senses, baby. You walk in. <sighs> You smell that, you see the beautiful pies, you hear everyone, like, moving around. Uh, It's phenomenal. It's good. Um, It's so good. Yeah. uh, Patreon listeners can better carbon date when I saw this show, but I want to say February. Um, Okay. And so it was Sarah. Now, I had some wrong information that Waitress was closing, and Conti will never let... I mean, then. Um, (gasps) That is what I was... It was, like, her, and I want to say Gavin Creel? Yeah, he was in at that time because okay. I saw it in January with her and Gavin Crow. Okay, so yeah, I think I, I want to say February, maybe mm-hmm. January is when I saw it. And um, I had the wrong information that it was closing. But there was this incredible Rude. communal atmosphere that everyone in the room was so excited to, to just communicate with Sarah Bareilles how much mm-hmm. we wanted her to be there. Yeah. And it was... Welcome it was, to Broadway, baby. I know. <laughs> but I feel like, and I don't have any other experience to judge it against, I feel like it was different because it was Sarah Bareilles. That's true. I mean, it's someone who, who wrote it, who knows it. She is that, like, she is so connected to that story. And we uh, have known her for a decade. 
at yeah. this point. You know, she's been around and it's just hit after hit after hit from our girl Sarah with no H. Um, mm. And and at Can't one relate. point in my, uh, when I saw it, uh, Sarah's mic went to shit. Like, mm. there was a little garbled static, and they tried to play it off, and they were like, ha, 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 ha. Um, but then they, like, kept the show going, and at one point, for one song, it just went to hell. Like, it was mm-hmm. just, it was a horrible staticky mess. They had to, like, stop the show. They pulled her off. They, like, oh, wow. did a full mic. I mean, it was unlistenable. They usually do two mics in, for that situation, but guess not. I, listen, I don't know what was going on. I don't know the behind-the-scenes scoop, but they had to stop. Ooh. I mean, it was like... Five minutes. Oh, who is the theater critic that's coming out to talk about the show? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that the critic from uh, Birdman? Is that that lady critic from Birdman? Is that the guy from Ratatouille that I see over there? Um, but you, but the, but so five ten minutes, the show stops. She comes back out, and no one's upset. Everyone's just like, "Yay, bring yeah. the show back! We're all ready to be here!" And then they just jumped right back into the song, and it was great, and it was funny, and and it was such a beautiful sense of community that yes you had to pay a hundred dollars to be a part of uh, not if you do it right well okay listen <laughs> open up the tips and tricks I, my ticket was free but uh i uh, no. i it was paid for me uh, somebody got tickets and they were like uh, i have no one to go with introduce and I, me to that person <laughs> uh, it's not common. This is the only time it's ever happened for me, which is why it's okay. the only time so far that sure, I've ever sure, gone. Sure. But uh, I just I wanted to set the set the stage. Forgive me a little bit for <laughs> for people to get an idea of what seeing it is like. Sure. Um, but anyway, it's it, like the other thing about waitress that makes me love it so much. Not only because like there is that indescribable thing that you're like. Every single person can see this and relate to something on stage. But, like, so many of my friends have now seen it and love it. There's nobody that I've talked to that feels like, oh, yeah, Waitress was, like, good. And, like, we have a, we're even... I do know one person that was like that. Who are they? The brother of the person I went to the show with. And they were like, uh, and they were like, Where do they live? Sarah Bareilles can't act. And I was like... Fuck you, no. no. Like, she's really great. I'm not about to cast her in Streetcar, but, like, I'm for, for the part, like, she's she's pitch perfect in oh. this musical. Like, she she's obviously he sounds like has a, an unbelievable singing voice. He sounds like a very unhappy person. I, that would be my guess. I don't know him super well. I'm furious. But a, she is one. I mean, when I saw it, the whole cast was fucking wonderful and charming and funny. And I want to play the song that was the absolute knockdown, standout, standing ovation song from the whole show. And mm-hmm. before I play it, I want you to guess what it is what do you think was like the moment that we had a five minute applause break for it has to be she used to be mine that's when it always happens or the bad idea reprise it was very funny lots of laughs oh see we had different audiences we did have different audiences (laughs) i was curious what you would say or um and no yeah what else and I do think Granted, it, I think I think it's a good song what I'm mm-hmm. about to play. But it was truly 
the performer elevating it to oh, a whole... Oh, Christopher Fitzgerald, I will never let you e let me leave. Correcto mundo. Ah, man, I'm dumb. Talk about somebody who comes back to this musical, too, time and time again. Is that who I saw? Chris Fitzgerald? Probably. Yes, okay. he's just come back. Because... and applause for this entire song. And it, and again, it is a good song. Christopher Fitzgerald fucking takes it he to has, another level. He is um just a small role. He he has maybe a he has that two songs and just kind of pops in and out. Two but songs you, and a couple more scenes. Yeah, but you know every scene he's in. He Steals the fucking show, not in a distracting way, in a way that he is so magnetic that mm. we are all pulled in. And during this, this is his big song number. He doesn't really yeah. get another one. Um, uh, love he, you like a table. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, lost your train of thought. This is his big one, but he. I mean, he's he's moving. The physicality of it was incredible. This yeah. tiny man squatting and jumping and rolling around and moving was, and doing this yeah. fucking Gilbert and Sullivan patter. He was the original Bach and Wicked. Oh. Yeah. Tiny. I did not know that. Yep. And he uh, married uh, ooh, uh, ooh, Elphaba's sister, whose name I don't remember, but they, they met at Wicked. Isn't that fun? Oh! Pleasant. That is fun! Glenda? Yeah. No. The Good Witch? I no. don't know anything about Wicked. <gasps> okay. I I like everyone else that was tangentially uh, in musical theater and choir during that period of time do, of course, know four songs from Wicked by sure. heart. Sure. It was impossible not to. Mm -hmm. Popular, Defying Gravity, etc. Uh, the, the, whoever wrote those songs for Wicked owes everyone who's run a musical theater and audition a handwritten apology for <laughs> how many times they have had to hear Defying Gravity. Um, I expect mine in the mail anytime. Uh, but the thing, yeah. here's the thing. As much as I, I love, love, love Christopher Fitzgerald and his role of Ogie, but the thing that I... Like, I have, that's something I just don't see, and I love it so fiercely, is that it's, like, three women on stage who just accept each other for what they are. They are all have their unique storylines. Everyone has a backstory. They're fully developed characters, all three of these women. And, like, I love Dawn's storyline, too, of just being this very quiet, reserved, single bed in her apartment, keeps to herself... And then Ogie shows up, who is just as weird. And it's so beautiful how that plays out. And then... And she opens up a little bit without completely changing. She, she does have, have to... a take her glasses off, become beautiful moment. Yeah. Which, like, will excuse. Uh, yeah. But 
And the only other thing, when she says eat the cookie before the cream is a bad thing, you you eat the cookie before the cream in an Oreo. I just want to stand by that. She also cites uh, being colorblind as a negative. So, uh, you know, I don't necessarily align (laughs) completely with Dawn's mentality. But, a and the show somehow, for a show that, like, whose main plot is about adultery, um, really stays away from a lot of slut-shamey shit. Like, the the Wait, friends here, are... It's, I'm gonna go back. It's an all-female creative team. Interesting <laughs> how those two things line Weird. up. Weird! Um, but, like, you know, when, when uh, the protagonist starts cheating on Jenna. her on her husband while pregnant with her fucking OBGYN. Her abusive husband. Her abusive husband who sucks and is honestly like a drag on the musical. Um I uh, he does not need to be there. His song is terrible. We all sit through it uncomfortably while it yeah, happens. I mean, because the it's is, the song where he's like, I'm charming and it's like no, but then no the you're thing, not actually. That's the thing though. You're developing this character that like as a woman, I know that guy. Sure. I have been with that guy. I have worked for that guy. Sure. So that's like, as much as, he is so good, but so bad, because he is presenting that person that we all, every single woman knows a guy like that. I can 100% guarantee it, to some extent. Like, he is not a, like, obviously his character's not great, but that's because, like, that, but that also, like, is showing Jenna's strength that, you know, despite these insanely, like, manipulative, abusive, and controlling environment that she's in, she finds it, like, within herself to make a new life for herself and her possible baby. Wow. Don't want to spoil it. She has the baby. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, Guess what its name is. It's the last song on the album. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great show. But even while, you know, one character is sleeping with their boss, one character is sleeping yeah. with their doctor. Yeah. They're, the, the characters will be like, I don't know if this is the right call, but you know, you do, you live your life. Also, talk- I'm not going to like talk down on you because you're just making this decision. Talk about, uh, during Bad Idea, the best sex scene I've ever seen on Broadway. So hilarious. So coordinated. Again, should I say it again? Oh, all-female creative team. (laughs) They just... I... It's just... It's so... That's the other thing that I love about this show, is it's so apparent, like, who is in the writer's room, who is behind the directing, who is... Like, it's so thoughtful and... um, Oh, wow. Just love. (laughs) It's a great show. Um, and we have already been going for an hour, so I don't know how much oh more God. of the show we're going to cover. Is, are there <laughs> any songs that you're like, this must be... I mean, She Used to Be Mine is the the big... It's a, a song I normally don't like in a musical, but is just <gasps> done so well in this show. You don't show. like an 11 o'clock number? Oh boy, a lot of them are the same. Oh. Uh, well, okay, you no, not s- the eleven o'clock number. The long. That's slow, the eleven o'clock number, though. I know, but because uh, I don't mind an eleven o'clock number because, say, the eleven o'clock number in the producers is betrayed is. in the jail cell. Yeah, which is a knockdown, drag out, uh, tour de force performance, um, and a very good song. 
Um, or I guess the 11 o'clock number in Hamilton is a dot where they're like writing letters back to each other. The song I'm more talking about is the long, slow ballad that Mm. I'm usually tired of long before it's over. And that's just personal Mm. musical taste. Um, like like burn in Hamilton, (gasps) a good song, but I'm ready Mm. for it to be over about 30 Mm. seconds to a minute before it's over. You know, I'm glad you say that because I'm so glad that you're comfortable having wrong opinions yeah. and speaking them so freely. I am full of wrong opinions. <laughs> I am absolutely loaded to the brim with them. And yeah, and it, it's also, those songs aren't generally for me. Those songs are not written to make me feel empowered and that doesn't make them bad songs. They don't resonate with me as personally. Here's the thing. If you want to be an 11 o'clock hour convert, or just experience the greatest pleasure of your life, you listen to Cynthia Arrivo saying, I am here from the color purple. It is the, it's the only time I've ever been in a show where everyone gets up, stands, and is standing ovation for several minutes after a song mid-show. It is, she has the most, probably my, currently like one of my favorite people to be on Broadway right now, like easily. She's, well, she's she's an unbelievable next level performer, um, and she's oh great. yeah, color purple. Add that to my tier. I'm up to like seven. Now. <sighs> That's okay. It's a it's a oh. healthy tier. Cynthia Ann Rivo's fucking great in uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, a, a underrated movie from last year. Um, mm. But yeah, I not saying it can't be done extraordinarily mm-hmm. well and move you to tears mm-hmm. because it can be. A lot of them, I think, are kind of boring, and that's just me. That's fine. I can be wrong, and I will live with my little wrong. You should hear me rank the Star Wars movies and how wrong I am there. You should hear all of my wrong opinions. I could hear you rank the Star Wars movies, and I go, "Uh uh-huh, because I've seen one. That was an example. Mm -hmm. Um, I have many more incorrect opinions, and it's very (laughs) fun to have them. I I love living in this strange little world. Um... (laughs) Are there, is there another song you want to look at? Or are we good? Before I made you so mad, you put your phone down. <laughs> um, I need to look at this man while he says these terrible things. I did. Um, oh, one song that I just love, and it makes me cry every time. I don't know. Not when I listen to it, but when I see it in the show. Uh-huh. It's when she, uh, Jenna and Dr. Pomodoro are sitting on the park bench. And... He, she like given him the pie and he's like, I tried it and it was amazing because her abusive boyfriend the whole time is like, what? Sarah Lee's better or something bullshit like that. And he's so, he's so sweet and he's just, and it's just this fun little, uh, like bouncy song that's like, here, I think I have it right here. Just seeing you sitting here all by yourself in your uniform. You remind me of a girl I once knew God, by now she's well in middle age Probably 41 Starts off sweet, but 42. gets offensive huh, Thank you Hot comedic what? moment, oh mid-song, no, love no, that no. <laughs> She was a waitress at a shop I used to frequent quite a and lot And it has like a nice story to it snuck me I don't know, I just think it's so sweet when was sweet people too. are genuine <laughs> Remind me yeah. of you 
nobody ever really notices me that way, so. Somebody did right. Oh, well. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. So the thing is, is also, I love Dr. Pomodoro. He's. Oh, he's a he's so, a hunk. He's a slice. He's a catch. So like Drew Galling is. So like he is that role. He's so good. Um, and Gavin Creel I saw, very good. But he was like sissy Dr. Pomodoro, oh. like less awkward, but like. Oh sissy. yeah, he he's a fucking. <laughs> and then piece of meat in in that show. And then Jeremy Jordan was in it, who I love, and because I'm a person with a pulse, and he was, just like he would take it a little too far and then lose control of the character, and it was hilarious. <sighs> Like, he was very awkward, very much the part. That's fantastic. Ugh. I have one more I want to get on the record. Okay. Um, a, a song that was not in my upper tier right after I saw the show, but mm-hmm. has really it, it, risen it, in the ranks. Creep. It's yeah. a slow creep. slow burn. <gasps> oh, Kiala Settle. Kills it. Go ahead, throw your axe at me. For a second, I was like, "Wait, that's my Kiala," and then I remember listening to the Sarah version. Sorry, <laughs> this is the one that is etched on my soul. Because <laughs> this is like her launch is like Kiala. Something that I Takes feel me to a place. is that everyone needs to know we are doing dramatic hand gestures of the wrist. It's something just... that cannot be captured it's... in an audio medium. <laughs> there is a lot of handwork going There's... on here. And we feel it in our soul. This fucking <laughs> and I love the show and the the OBC, but this Sarah version, the Sarah Bareilles album version is i feel it in my bones it just it it, tra- it takes me to another place another plane yeah. of existence and i am just fucking salivating literally flying <laughs> out of my mouth uh christ yeah it's hey it's a good show everyone if it's coming to your town <laughs> yeah i don't know it's like whatever uh, we kind of like Waitress. It's yeah. a pretty good mm. show, I, I recommend it a few times. Mm. You know, if you got like a free Tuesday or whatever. Yeah, it's closing in January on the Broadway. On Broadway? Yeah, and um, it's sad. The Great White Way? Yeah. Yeah, it's also... okay. We have 30 more movie adaptations coming. So. <laughs> I just feel so connected to the shows that were around when I first moved to New York. Because when I first moved here, it was such a big fucking deal to go see a Broadway show for me. It was like, I also was making shit nothing working at the gallery. And, but any spare bit of money I had, I spent to go see a show. And like, I remember I moved here as soon as, Ham- like when Hamilton just transferred and was in previews, that's when I moved here. Um, Waitress opened up that spring 
Um, what else is still standing? Kinky Boots was another one of those that was there that ended up closing. Oh, and American in Paris, but I saw that prior to moving. Um, but yeah, just those like shows that were because that first year in New York, as anyone can attest to who has moved here, is probably the hardest thing you'll do. It's uh, a torturous experience it's uh, as so... someone with bad mental health issues. It's oh a God. disaster. Let's talk about my medication later. <laughs> I'm, I'm a messy bitch. Um, wow, we have that in common. Yes, indeed. Cute. Oh, it was uh, not a cute kind of mess for <laughs> My first year mm. in New York. This is turning dark because it's too relatable. It's true. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I as was you this know, close to turning a trick on the street. Um. <sighs> Here's the thing. It's just like that was my vice was watching shows. That's where I would go and I would be so happy. Like in the show for three hours and this was one of those shows, and it has, I've watched it now at different points in my life, like when I was in the thick of the tough spot, when I got out of it, when I've been feeling better, and it's just, I, my, my time is marked in Waitress, so that's why it also, it's like, yes, it's a great show, but also, I mean, I don't know, I think what makes a great show is that, that personal resonance, in some ways. Like, I can, I am not a theater critic. I cannot be a theater critic. <laughs> I just, if I feel that resonance, I like the show. There is nothing wrong with liking things. Ah, there so is true. nothing wrong with it. And you can acknowledge the flaws of something while still loving it. That's yeah. uh, human relationships too. Um, it's anytime you love a thing, it's because it has some personal resonance for you, or maybe it got you through a really hard time in your life, or maybe, you know, if it's a show or a book series, it's been with you for, for years, you know, it, it's become a part of your life, an important span of time. And, and all of these things, like I fully acknowledge the flaws of the American television show Lost, but Lost is so important to me as a human being mm -hmm. that I uh, will get, take your disgraceful anti-Lost rhetoric out of my house. Um, I don't really have much because I only watched 45 minutes of the first episode and then I stopped. Oh. I don't know if that's worse. Uh, <laughs> do whatever you want. Yep. <laughs> Watch whatever you want. If you're not into it, stop watching. True. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. And sometimes musicals make you want to open up a cake business in your tiny apartment. You know, just <laughs> hypothetically. You're inspired Everyone to change your it. life. And sometimes you meet a nice girl at a laundromat and, uh, uh, well, she dies tragically. Ah, uh, well, hmm. That's the way of it, I'm afraid. <laughs> Um, another, uh, so one last thing, and I know I'm taking up a lot of your time and I appreciate you ah, devoting this much time to the show. Um, the, the archetype of Odie, or Augie, sorry, Ogie, um, could have been a disaster. Um, yeah. the won't take no for an answer, I yes. will pursue this woman, um, non-stop you will marry me is if you're a real life human uh reprehensible behavior listen if somebody said you're never ever gonna get rid of me i would be terrified <laughs> yes um especially if he's like you're gonna meet my mom you're gonna take a test uh -huh. here's my life story mm -hmm. um and i part of it is because we we know it's a show and and, and yeah. to a certain level we do divorce cuz there are so many actions in movies 
or TV, that would be fucking horrifying to experience, but are romantic in a film setting. Yeah, it's like we know, like, time has passed, there are things we haven't seen, it's just kind of accepted, especially in musicals and rom-coms, like, people fall in love real fast. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I mean, and it's... It's not, I mean, yes, it's a little aggressive because she has up where she works, which also, who biggest fear of mine. Exactly. Like, it sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> but in the context of Waitress, it's so charming. I know. But it sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. It shows up to your work, like, every day. Like, Not we, just the one time. You went on a blind date. You went on an online for five date minutes. with this guy, <laughs> and then he shows up at your work the next day. Uh-uh. <laughs> But it was only a five-minute date. That's worse! <laughs> uh, but it, it partially, I think, through the charm of the actor, and partially, I think, through the veneer of it being a fictional story, they can get away with some stuff that you maybe wouldn't let them get away with. IRL. Yeah, yeah I mean... That's okay. Long-time lover of rom-coms. I just have to. There are some things, like you said, lost, you accept it. Rom-coms, you accept it. You accept it. And as long as it's not uh, horribly hateful, I think that's okay. I think that's all right. <laughs> um, so thank you for devoting so much time to this show. Please. To I talking will... about Waitress. Anyone who wants to talk about Waitress, hit me up. My number is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, hit my uh, 1-800 number. Uh, yeah. Gonna be great. Um, there was something about cats I actually wanted to cover, but we talked too long about Waitress, Oops. so we won't, we won't get, I, it, it's for the you'll best. hear it later. It's for the best. I'll do it with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Taylor Swift is going to win her Oscar this year. Oh, wow. uh, Oh, one last, one last question. Sure. And I, I, how, I don't know how big you are into award season, but Cats the movie, the thing that uh-huh. we haven't talked about much, um, what Oscar predictions? I want to hear them. I'm asking everybody. The Little Gold Men, Oscar nominations, mm-hmm. Oscar wins. What are we predicting? Yes, we have not seen the movie. I uh, want to hear. What's it. her? What's her name? Um, Jennifer Hudson. That's the one. She's that's what go- she's going to get nominated. Everything else is going to be snubbed. It's not not. Snubbed. That's what you think. It's not going to get nominated for literally maybe makeup, um, and maybe Jennifer Hudson for like supporting because she's still pissed she didn't get her tony nomination i think so she's really working for it um uh you know did she did she win for dream girls i mean i'm talking about the color purple i understand but i was trying to think if she won an oscar for a a best supporting in a in a musical um don't quote me on that i don't i don't remember um okay that's interesting so you you are in like one nom no wins yeah, two noms. Uh, makeup and Hudson, and then nothing else. Not no best wins. original song? Oh, fuck, yeah, okay. Written by Taylor Swift and Andrew of Lloyd Webber? Of course, yeah, still not going to win, though. Okay, so I'll zero win. Uh, we've had the whole fucking spectrum. Okay. We've had people that uh, say it's going to go home with a ton. We've mm-hmm. had people that say it's going to go home with none. I think either way, I think people yeah. are going to be fucking surprised by how much money this movie makes. In February, come back to this podcast and remember that I was right. Okay. This, I want I want to do two things with the guests of this show. I want to get an Oscar pool going. Okay. And I want to do a live show, but that's separate. Ooh, that's later. Fine. Uh, anyway, uh, this is your time. This is your mic. This is your stage. Uh, anything you want the people to know 
uh, where can they find you? I don't know when this episode's coming out, but what shows can they see you in? Anything you want the people to know. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, anything that you need to know is if you're ever having a bad day, just watch Drag Race. All six seasons are on Hulu. You got All Stars 1 and 2 as well. Just personal life advice. Second of all, I can be found on two monthly shows, which one we've talked about, the Garin Conti International Short Film Festival, which is on, uh, it's at 8 p.m. on Saturdays, whatever Saturday is that month. <laughs> it changes. Um, and we improvise movies, and it's really fun. And I do another show. It's a great show. Which is uh, with my uh, life partner, Mike Satrola, called The Buddy System. Uh, that is every second Wednesday at 7 p.m. at Star Bar. It's um, an inclusive, very chill comedy variety show that focuses on uh, members of the queer community and women, and we just have a super fun time with it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Gar, S-A-R-A-H-G-A-H-R, Twitter, Sarah Gar, all the same. And I'm going to throw in one last plug. Here we go. I am in the process of writing a book, um, and we have a blog of like updates and an excerpt of the book right now at martaandsarahbooks.com. Oh, sorry, martaandsarahbooks.wordpress.com. We haven't bought the website yet, but maybe eventually we'll get there. Um, but yeah, we post every Sunday and you can actually read about uh, me starting my cake business this Sunday. What? That's the one I have lined up in great timing. That's fantastic. You can also find me um, probably at one of the coffee shops around <laughs> um, the... Uh, 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 Tribeca applying for new jobs anywhere between the hours of 12 and 2 <laughs> um, and on a Friday night you can find me exactly where I am right now <laughs> in on my couch Mazel. Uh, as always, uh, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. That's where you can support the show in the Ooh. best possible way for as little as $1 a month. You get access oh to a Patreon exclusive podcast. That's a bargain! Uh, called Hamill Minute, where we cover Hamilton minute by minute. <gasps> uh, you listen to the other shows. Uh, the Puffin Publishing Podcast, an improv comedy podcast about the great authors of history. And, wow. uh, Jan, Jive Action Nerds, a tabletop RPG show. Uh, you can read my short stories, uh, The Cola Wars, either on Patreon for free or on my WordPress, checkoffsgovernment.wordpress.com. That's about the bloody hey! conflict between Coke and Pepsi. Somebody and else didn't buy their URL either. I paying for <laughs> WordPress. I ain't need that. Please. Um... WordPress Queens! And uh, during November, uh, you can sign up for my newsletter, which I don't Ooh. have a uh, name for yet, but will be in the description of this episode, where I am putting out a short, short, short story every day of November. Uh, and you can read the kickoff story about uh, a chain Halloween store that takes over the carcasses of old, dead small businesses. Is this like your response to NaNoWriMo? Uh, yeah, because I, I can't write a whole novel, but I can write many, many short stories. I got too much on my plate to write a whole novel in a month, but I want to put out something. Yeah. Um, and I want to get back into writing. Uh, so this seems like a great way to do it. And I made that decision uh, a couple days ago. So I am yes! now committed. It's on the pod. But until next week, where I'm talking about the Broadway musical Cats, this has been TV's Kevin Lanigan. Mm, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Suck a dick. Suck a dick. Opening night. It's opening night. Now I gotta do a job in this. <laughs>
It's the worst!